Hello and welcome to the Video Gamer UK podcast. My name is Matt Lees and I'm joined by Matt Nellis. Hello. Dave Scammell. Hello. And Steve Burns. Hello. How are you all doing today, gents? Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. What have you been playing? Let's just kick it off with what you've been playing. Well, um, kind of going back to uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, we had that big MMO rant and how I said I was pretty much, I'm done with MMOs now. We were stroking our chins like in nobody's business. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm back. I installed Age yeah, of Conan. Oh, classic. <laughs> Age I of Conan. My, I can't help myself. Age of Conan. I can't help myself, man. Um, I, do, I don't know what I expect. Every time I do this, like at least once a year, I'll go back and I'll reinstall an MMO I used to play. And I don't know what I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm expecting to find when I launch that game. Yeah. Whether it's going to like rekindle this amazing sort of uh, teen memory that I have of that game, but no, it's it's still rubbish. Mm. No, still it's, rubbish. it's well. The, to be fair, it's, Age of Conan is not rubbish. It's just it just feels so archaic now. And it's, it's like going to see a band that you used to love when you were a kid. Yeah. You just you like you realize that all the old stuff isn't as good as you remembered it was, and all the new stuff is just trash. Yeah. Mm. And then you just want to go home and you're surrounded by kids that you hate. Yeah. It's a lot like going to gigs. A little bit. So I'm not going to bang on about MMOs because we talked about that at length. But Age of Conan. I mean, because we got like access to like some of the Guild Wars Two stuff, and we haven't had a chance to do anything with it because we've been too busy. But yeah, well they had some weird to... times to play that. But um... no, it's true. But Conan oh. is that good? It, 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 it was interesting at the time because it had like this, uh, they call it real combat. And so when you... <laughs> that's, a, that's a claim. Every MMO has got its own little... Get your own little thing. sword in the box. Yeah, real yeah. combat. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's almost that, but it's nowhere near that. Um, oh. So like when you go to attack an enemy, instead of just mashing keys to... Well, you're still mashing keys essentially, but you have to attack at sort of different angles. You can attack from like the left, the top and the right and there's like little indicators and if you can string together combos to get like stronger attacks based on how the enemy is sort of facing you and like trying to attack you so they'll mm. the, the little indicators will show oh he's a little bit weaker on his left side now because he's swinging to his right so you'll like launch a combo to his left side yeah, and yeah. if you if you get this sort of difficult combo you get more damage a bit like infinity blade how that thing works maybe they, have you played infinity blade i did, long time i don't know if they've Sort of revamped it. They a like bit. swing to the left and yeah. the right, and you have to fling. I've got to say though, actually, it sounds like um, exactly the same thing with lots of things. We we did talk about this long a lot last time, mm. so we won't for long. But I, I just think actually maybe the uh, improved web stuff and lack of latency could actually be change MMOs for good because it is all smoke and mirrors. Like it's, yeah. the thing with that is they all try and make the combat like real time. Yeah. I mean, it's like Guild Wars 2 is like the combat's really fun but it's just because the visual and audio feedback is so lovely that every yeah. time you do anything you're like this is cool. Yeah. And yet but you're just mashing copies. You're just pressing a series of buttons. Yeah. You, you know. I would love to get all like these tops of MMO developers and say alright we're going to take that bit from your game we're going to take this bit from your game this bit from your game we're going to make it just like this sort of next gen behemoth It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. That's Make it want. destiny. <laughs> Make it destiny. Maybe destiny Done. will be that. Who knows? Yeah. Dave, Who what have you been playing? Uh, I've had a weird couple of weeks. I'm going back through really old stuff again. Maybe a bit like yeah. yeah. I went and uh, restarted Resistance Three. Oh yeah. Because I played right. it when it first came that. out. Yeah. And I thought I want to play that again. Sure. I've already got back to the first hour, and it's all coming back to me. But it's this kind of sense of desperation, and this is like mm. humanity's it's last bloody stand. Brilliant. Which, Resistance it is three. good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so much better than the other two. Yeah, Resistance One and Two. I've never Resistance played two. a Resistance game. Resistance Three. Start. Don't. Sorry, Dave. No, continue. I agree with what you're about to say. I, I think. Yeah, so. I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. You can say whatever you like, now, yeah. Steve. Go yeah. for it. Wow. That's something like really outrageous. <laughs> I love you too, Dave. Um, <laughs> no, it was just. If I remember getting Resistance as a pack-in game with. Um, uh, PlayStation 3 I took it back within about three hours I was like oh look I'm in a lovely grey corridor that went back Resistance 2 was so overblown so kind of like oh yeah flag waving mm -hmm. Americana nonsense Right. But the third one is just we're fucked it's like yeah. winter's it's like the road it's like <laughs> winter's coming like we've lost the war yeah. and we're done like that's all there is to it and if we don't leave here we're dead. Do you remember that bit wow. in Half-Life 2 where you, you have the survivors or, the, or I can't remember exactly what they call themselves, but they're there with that ship that attacks their little... Yeah. It, that Resistance 3 is basically that game uh -huh. for wow. six hours oh, or so, however long it is. It sounds good. And yeah. it keeps on changing itself up. You'll, you'll see this when you do it. It keeps on changing every two or three hours. Every time you're thinking, oh, I'm a little bit bored, it will change its style. Like there's a great bit on a boat where you're 
going down like flooded kind of waterways and shooting like all the kind of weird zombie mm. aliens that are jumping on you and then you're like oh okay well it's like a shooting gallery and then it becomes a survival horror game as you a bit like uh, in, in Half-Life 2 in uh, Ravenholm Ravenholm yeah when you're oh, yeah. you know it's it almost and you go into a, a mine and you don't have any weaponry and it just keeps on changing it's amazing it's so, mm. it's so different it is well. amazing that Ravenholm worked I mean if somebody said to me oh yeah there's going to be like a survival horror bit in yeah. the middle of Half-Life 2 I'd be like oh god really yeah. but it just fit it just worked oh it's terrifying it, yeah uh, really scary I do think though actually it's interesting there is a, a real problem with narrative um, types in games and I think it's like people talk about genres and how there's not enough genres I don't think it's even as simple as that I think a lot of the problem with it is like you look at Hollywood they've got like lots of different styles of narrative and a lot of them are like cliches but you've got a lot more variety where it's like we talked about this a bit in the past about the, like the reliance on the hero story where it's yeah. like yeah. you're saving the world and no matter how bad things are you're going to turn it all around because you're mm. the hero and I think there's a lot more value to be had in a game in which you're you are every man. you're screwed and mm. you're like you, you, your success and your sense of like prog progression is, is getting that inch back mm. and not being like blowing up the spaceship in the sky but just surviving for another few minutes and you know yeah. yeah resistance 3 is absolutely perfect for that because at no point in the game do you feel like a hero you just feel like another guy and you <laughs> it's a bit like it's depressing to play there's no heroism in the game you're just like hmm. <laughs> you know another day is done like it must be what it's like to live in the terminator's future world yeah like, Okay. Well. <laughs> we survived another day. <laughs> yeah, the only easy day was yesterday. But um, <laughs> They probably could have done with making the enemies a, a little bit stronger and a little bit more terrifying. There is still that sense of you're kind of a Superman with a gun mm, and yeah. you can take down sure, wave after sure. wave. Get it on hard, Dave. But, yeah, that's true. That's true. I haven't tried it on hard. But I'm not a big Steve fan of just playing rolled his eyes. Hard, yeah. no, I, didn't play, I didn't play on hard. <laughs> <laughs> you do, 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 do as I say, not as I do. Okay. <laughs> That's a little trick called hypocrisy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a my personal faith. <laughs> but no, I, I would like to see more of that in games. Um, it does feel like a lot of games, they kind of try and have the cake and eat it mm. um, by doing that whole kind of like disastrous end of the world. And that actually, controversially, was why I was very fond of, of Mass Effect 3's sort of story arc and ending. I mean, yeah. that's, I know it's a controversial one because a lot of people hated it, but I like the fact that after giving you two games worth of, of real immediate sense of um, cause and effect and giving you the sense of, oh, I can fix anything by making the right decisions, of just being like, no, nah, you know, like, things are bad yeah. and we're not mm. going to pull punches. And people say, yeah, but I should have been able to stop that because... That's how people forget, I think, in games that sometimes having the sense of choice and giving a sense of causality should mean being able to do everything perfectly. And I hate that. Mm. And actually, that's why I think um, the Walking Dead series is my favorite games I've played in, in years. Yeah. Just because it's like, at first I was like, when I reviewed the first episode, I was like, I'm worried about this because I feel like a lot of the choices are artificial. Yeah. And I feel like the decisions I'm making aren't actually having an impact on the yeah. game and that there's not going to be a splitting off narrative is that not true though it is true yeah and actually the funny thing was that was a big criticism of mine in my first review of the first episode but by the time i was reviewing the fourth episode or the fifth um i kind of went back on that and yeah. said you know what i called this out as being a problem and it's exactly what the game does and it's fantastic because what it means is you never reload you never go oh yeah. i could have done that mm. better yeah it's just you you accept you work out you see the strings and you work out what it's doing mm -hmm. but it means you accept the fate and yeah. you accept that it's not about the choices you make. It's about how the choices you make make you feel. Mm. Man, man that's deep. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a so hippie. Deep. But um, I do think that there's, there's just, yeah, especially with first-person shooters, people are like, oh, I'm bored of first-person shooters. And it's like, no, I'm not bored of first-person shooters. I'm bored of the narrative style of first-person shooters. Mm. So I might check that out. Yeah, well, I mean, that whole thing about, you know, that's your destiny in games. That's how it should be. Like, we talked about it before. I hate people that reload on Heavy Rain. And that's the reason oh, why, yeah. you know, I never played any other Super Mario Brothers game after the first one because I jumped in the hole died and I was like that's it for me <laughs> <laughs> that's my story I don't and everyone's like well you know Super Mario 64 you've played it now he's dead he, I saw, honestly I saw it with my own eyes he jumped in the hole and he's dead he's never dead. watched a Bond film again after being shot in GoldenEye done I, pro Just, I prefer you didn't bring it up yeah. actually it was upsetting I'm at his grave every year it's bad it's he a was, big Nez cartridge when he fell into that hole he hadn't even had a mushroom yet he was just a child <laughs> That's dark. Oh, man. <laughs> Having said that, I still want somebody to make a realistic snowboarding game in which <laughs> every time your character goes off a cliff into a ravine, that character is dead. He's done for. Or, like, just really seriously injured and, like, 
maybe we'll be able to snowboard again in six months a year, but maybe you just will never be able to snowboard again. And in the meantime, so, you can't choose another snowboarder. You just have to, it becomes like a sort of hospital. No, 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 you can, you can. <laughs> like you have a roster of oh, snowboarders right. yeah, yeah. who are available, but um, when you've killed all of them, <laughs> you just, then you have Wait, to- Wait, what's the like, name of the game? Snowboarding or killing <laughs> snowboarding. snowboarders? <laughs> snowboarding, but the problem is, yeah, it's like having lives. And then if you like, maybe only 20 snowboarders in the world are, are good enough to be able to do this hill. Mm. And then once they're all dead or critically injured, you then just have to like snow on like less exciting courses with less good snowboarders. It's good to be on Keens or something. Yeah, yeah. until you are literally just playing as 11-year-olds going down those dry slopes because oh, everyone dry, else you've killed. Dry ski slopes. They're the worst. We had one uh, where I grew up and it was just like, it was the, it's the worst. You were a snowboarder, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah have we snow- told this story on the podcast? Which story? That you were a snowboarder. That I'm a snowboarder. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Have. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I learned on this crap dry ski slope. And like, they're death traps. They're absolute death traps. I think you can make a game of a dry ski slope. I've been on one once and I hit... I, they are death traps, to be honest. Actually, if yeah, you fall on a dry ski slope... You're, you're dead. It's like pretty a, much. It's like an evil <laughs> toothbrush, isn't I it? I might be skipping a few steps there. <laughs> they are like evil toothbrushes, aren't they? Yeah. Um, it hurts. It yeah. hurts more than snow. Like it's, I think it's, I think it's what the pros train on to get them ready for like, you know, the big sort of off-piste mountain runs because that's nothing compared to a dry ski slope. My God, those bristles, like the army, slap <laughs> yeah. each other. I failed to uh, stop when <laughs> I was going down. Yeah. I failed to stop yeah. because I was learning how to stop on skis, and I, I went down and. At the bottom of it, they just had this sort of rickety wooden fence, you know, the type that's just tied together with chicken wire and yeah, just yeah. basically spikes of wood. And I was fine, luckily. But in a sliding doors universe, uh-huh. that yeah. 11-year-old me got impaled and died that day. Yeah. So for the love of God, don't ever go skiing. Has no. anyone been playing any other video games? Uh, Stalker. Stalker. You've been playing Stalker? Stalker. Good now, man. I've been waiting to play the original Stalker. For well, since it came out, uh huh. But you know, what you've been waiting for? Well, other things happened. Like I had a PC life that happened. wasn't quite good enough to <laughs> yeah, run it, yeah. And then I was I like, was okay, mm. well. And then the Xbox 360 came out, and I was like, well, I'm not going to justify upgrading, blah blah. But now I've got you, you got know, a, a PC that can run it, and I've got all the mods, and it's brilliant. It's got more atmosphere in yeah. the first 20 minutes than any Crisis game, yeah. all the Crisis games mm-hmm. put together. And most first-person shooters. It, yeah. What I love about it is, like Resistance, it just goes, you're fucking yeah. dead. <laughs> so make the best of it, but you will die. That's it. Off you go. Yeah. It is grim. You know, you, I found a guy. He was dying. I was like, oh, I've got a medipack. He needs that. Uh-huh. Am I going to? I did, but I wish I'd shot him now. Yeah. Because exactly. later on, I'm like, where's my fucking medipack at? Exactly. It's a bit it's like Daisy. Kind of. I think it's got a very similar vibe. Yeah. Mm. As in, like, anything so. can essentially try and kill you at any time. And yeah. there's... It's Daisy's not really like faction led in that way, but there are you know it's very political in, in mm-hmm. Daisy to yeah. navigate the world, but it is so bleak and atmospheric. And like I said, I put the mods on so it looks some some way reasonable, mm-hmm. but it's the freedom. It just goes right, pick your pick your mission. Yeah. Off you go. A bit like Fallout 3, but with a lot more. I don't know, it seems like more choice, more consequence. Well, I think the thing is, and a lot of the time, um, people try and attribute these differences uh, with like obviously you get small like Polish or Eastern European studios make these really interesting different games and actually still with Japan you know they make really interesting different stuff and I think people try and attribute it to cultural reasons and I've, I've been in lots of roundtable interviews where people have said oh how do you think growing up in Poland or whatever has influenced uh-huh. your outlook and your games I don't I'm not even sure it is that as much I think that's flavour sometimes but I think it's almost sounds like a cliched thing but I think it's just marketing departments as soon as you're part of a company that's big enough where marketing actually have a say in the style or tone of your game then you do end up with these Mm. really cliched things and you can imagine somebody trying to pitch something like Stalker or Dark Souls and being like yeah it's this really hopeless world where you're constantly set upon and everything's trying to kill you and you you know just getting across uh, through a room alive is the greatest often, achievement is just surviving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and people go, oh, no, no, it doesn't sound very satisfying. People won't like that. And it is, yeah. I think Life isn't satisfying. Yeah, deal with it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I do I do worry that, like, <laughs> at the grim, moment, that's true. I'm kind of not worried about the, um, the Witcher 3 because they own the rights to that pretty much. Well, you know, that, Excuse me. they've got <laughs> comedy sneeze. I thought you were going... I don't know what that was. Why are you not worried about that? It's like a mixture of a cough and a sneeze. It's a very derisive <laughs> sneeze. Yeah. I thought you were about to launch into a Witcher 3 tirade there. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> You're, you, sir, are an idiot. <laughs> uh, 
But anyway, no, they, 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 they're like, because they own it and they're in charge of it. And they're just mm. like, this is ours. Because CD Projekt are like a publisher. They're mm-hmm. one of those lucky guys where they're like, they can publish it themselves. Yeah, they're they in a to. fairly unique position of yeah. having full control over that. that Whereas property. stuff like Dark Souls 2 is just like, I'm worried yeah. as flip. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah. Talking about Dark Souls, we played a bunch of Dark Souls last night. We did, yeah. And, uh, in your pants. In, well, the character was in their pants. Oh. We, we were fully clothed. Oh. Did you get the wrong idea? Yeah. Oh, mate. Sorry, sorry. Oh. I'm disappointed. Kind of yeah. I was going to watch that yeah, later. We were fully clothed. The problem with that. that is because of the camera positioning we've got, if we were in our pants, it would have looked like we were just naked <laughs> because you can only see <laughs> the tops of our chest. And I think whilst... I don't know. I mean, I was going to say I don't think we get the right sort of, uh, you know, the demographic we're looking for with naked live casting of games but I don't really know what demographic you would get I'm actually naked no. casting I almost want to do it just as an experiment we should do you get out. the Babe Station crowd or do you get the Dark Souls crowd uh, or do you get the very get... small Venn diagrams <laughs> yeah, exactly probably We're... the same crowd yeah <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> who knows there's only one way to find out masochists but uh, yeah Dark Babe Souls. Souls yeah Babe. I found it really bad I, I felt really guilty because there was this thing of like uh, we started playing it and we live stream stuff every Tuesdays on our channel from like 5pm to 7 GMT mm-hmm. and uh, we usually do new releases of games so people can like have a look at something yeah. coming out on Friday in the UK um, but nothing really took our fancy this week so we nah. thought let's just play some Dark Souls but I'll try and get through it with a character who's just wearing underpants yeah. and not allowed to wear any armour at all because mm-hmm. I thought that sounded quite nasty um, but then we were playing it and anyone who's played Dark Souls will know that even though it's not the hardest bit of the game the introduction area is one at which for some reason, it always makes me really on edge because I know that you've got to fight the, the jailer demon at uh-huh. the end and it's like this really stressful thing of knowing that whenever you get to that, because you've had no opportunity to grind at all, really, you know he's always... He like, can kill you he really He can kill quickly. you really easily, yeah. especially if you're not putting on the armour that you've just picked up. And so <laughs> I'm always like, as soon as I get to that first fireplace outside of the, the jail, I feel a lot more relaxed because I know I can take yeah. it at my own pace. You were tense. I was really <laughs> tense because every time I started Dark Souls, even though I've played it like a lot and completed it twice that first 10 minutes of the game I always feel really tense mm-hmm. because it's like I need to concentrate also because the controls are really tricky and you need to like get back into it and you yeah. need to be like and it always throws that boss at you at a point at which you're really not into it yet you're yeah, like yeah. still like working out how to play still doing that thing of looking at the control <laughs> yeah and it was just this thing of like you were just being really chipper and just going oh what are you doing Matt how are you doing and I'm just like I was given a play by play I was literally having to tell you to shut up I felt really bad but I was literally like Nellis shut up just just be quiet for a minute I need it, quiet time it was now. like I you needed to be quiet so I can kill this boss because it was like I knew that if I didn't absolutely focus he was going to kill me I found me. it hilarious after that I chilled out a bit yeah he was just trolling me I was like he was like I'm just talking to people on the live stream and I'm like yeah you, you just do your thing you, you do just your need thing. to shut up you just need to shut up I'm trying to kill this guy just shut up. Yeah. Um, after I killed him, I was fine. Yeah. I was you like, were fine after that. Because the whole area after that, I'm sort of in my comfort zone more and I'm like, I can do this, I can do mm. this. But for some reason, that first boss, I don't know why that first boss really terrifies me. It was, it was tense. So um, I've I, I, I never played Dark Souls before this. So Have this you was, not? No. Really never. Oh. I'd seen a lot of it. I'd love to watch never... you trying to do what I did. Funnily, funnily enough, I, I, I actually have Dark Souls. I've just never <laughs> sat down to play it. So when I got home last night, I was like, you know what? It looked pretty easy. I don't know what people are talking about. It looked really easy. So I created a character. I created a wanderer. Went home, jumped in, and uh, I died constantly. Yeah, I died constantly. I couldn't. I couldn't kill anyone. Yeah, like well, it's really hard. Um, to, apart from the first like zombies, which kind of die in one. Well, hit. they don't attack you. Yeah, they don't so. attack you. That that helped. <laughs> that first that first corridor. The guys that don't kill you. The, the, the guys didn't that didn't kill attack, me. No problem. <laughs> no problem at all. Like breeze through that first corridor, <laughs> went up the ladder. I was like, what? This game's easy. This is easy mode. I need to put on the harder difficulty. And then actually came across like the first uh first sort of skeletons that actually do attack you. Yeah. And I was like, nah, what the <laughs> hell? Yeah. I, I, oh, it's a tough game. <laughs> it is a tough game. It's a brilliant game, but it is it's so tough. Yeah, I but then it's like, the thing is, when I was playing it, I was sort of half thinking, oh God, I'm really spoiling this for you because like, there's so many little tricks and stuff here I'm using that took me a little Don't while worry, to find. Don't worry, it didn't spoil However, it no, whatsoever. At the, same time, <laughs> at the same time, I was also aware that I was just casually doing stuff like running halfway up some stairs then rolling off to the side to dodge boulders and stuff and you might not have even noticed no. what I was doing there no. because it's like, to me, it's such muscle memory of just being like, I know where all the traps are, I know how to activate them and get out of the way and yeah. you just be like, Thing is, like, I remember you had, like, the first weapon that you kind of stuck with was, was a club. Yeah. No idea where that club oh, came from. Oh, no, that's because that's, that's the starting items. Whichever character oh. class you choose. See, I went with a Wanderer, and I've just got a sword that doesn't even have, like, 
a sword a handle. bit. A sword it's just a handle. You should, find, a handle. you should find it quite early on. Possibly I did. Maybe I just didn't find it. you will really struggle to beat the first boss with that. I, I'm struggling to beat just the normal skeletons with it. <laughs> oh, this is like, enjoyable. This is rubbish. <laughs> so I'm going to go back and I'm going to try again. Well, unless the evil stuff. I've been playing this week. Um, a game I played this week which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I finally got around to playing To The Moon. Oh yeah, oh, this, that, this yeah. is the game that makes people cry. Yeah. It it didn't actually, funnily enough, because I am a massive crybaby bunting. Uh-huh. I cry at everything. Yeah, I cried at the start of the Star Trek film, which came out. The and new I cried one. at the end of Thor. Um, both of those times I cried on a plane, though, and I do think that films on planes somehow make you more emotional, but I don't know why. <laughs> it's, the, it's the lack of oxygen. Lack of oxygen. I've heard there is science behind that, so it's no, not there just... Is. What? Yeah. And also, it's, what is this yeah, There's people dying, and you're like, I could die here. And Maybe. But that's not to do with lack of oxygen. Yeah, well, there is less oxygen. What? Is there less oxygen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there probably is. That, apparently is there not the... more oxygen? Because they're just pumping it in your face constantly. No, no. Apparently, that's, <laughs> that's why. Not, that's not how it works. No. And never no. use the oh. phrase pumping it in your face constantly. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, this isn't a rap no. video. If you are going to say that, then do it when you're wearing trousers, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wipe yourself down, David. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Um, no, war. yeah, it makes me cry a lot. I cry on everything on planes. Like, the food, the service, <laughs> the seat. Although, actually, I was watching... Um, last time I was on a plane for a long-haul flight, I was I just chain-watched Breaking Bad, and at one point, there's a side plot that's not a major thing, but there's a plane crash, and um, a plane oh, blows yeah. up in the sky, uh, oh. and, and it was just this brilliant thing. of I was just watching that on my laptop and not mm. even thinking, like, in the middle of, like, a family on either side of me, and I'm just like... I hadn't even <laughs> clocked. Laughing hysterically, Yeah, pointing. I was just like, check this, this out. Because <laughs> I just didn't clock that, but afterwards, I was like, I shouldn't have done that. No. It was bad. But anyway, um, to the moon. To the moon is is brilliant. Um, I really, really rated it. I was kind of expecting it to be not very good because it's one of those games that um, everyone's banged on about as being this sort of incredible, uh, just amazing emotional story. It didn't quite make me cry, but it, I did well up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, it's just very touching, and it's it's just it's just amazing. It's just so good. But it, I think what impressed me most about it is it just tells this very compact, wonderful, clever little story that is smart, mm-hmm. interesting, um, funny. At times, it it's like everything a good film should be really sure. of being like managing to do all of these things and and without compromising any of them. So it's the game equivalent of Too Fast Too Furious. <laughs> Absolutely, good, yeah. Good, or Connor. Good to know. Um, Rodriguez. Um, but, yeah. The basic premise, actually, I'll tell you, just is it, it's um the idea is that you're these two guys. It kind of came out around the same time as Inception, so they kind of ripped it off. Um, but basically, it's the idea of these doctors who go back in through someone's memories to implant an idea and it's a paid for service so in this game you're going to an old man called Johnny and he wants to go to the moon and he's about to die and so basically it's your dying wish to do something then what they do is they go through your memories and they find important memories that link together to regress back to your childhood and implant an idea in your head um, of of wanting to do something and then going through and altering your memories very slightly Mm -hmm. so that it leads you up to that happening. So you basically have to go back and make him want to be an astronaut. But to do so, you can't just like tell him he wants to be an astronaut. You need to work out why he wants to go to the moon. Okay. And then... you've got to go deeper. You've got to go like a few levels. So you have to go right through his psyche. But then, so it's like this cool sci-fi premise that's actually like, Mm. it's not something they just do and then forget about. It's, It's kind of woven throughout the whole game in a way that's really cool. And by altering their... So you're sort of altering their memories and then does that then just create a memory that he's gone to the moon or does he it does actually affect him and he does actually no no it just creates the memory okay so it's like a kind of dying wish yeah yeah, you just basically you can just change their their memories of life to give them the sense that they've done something so it's it's almost like it's quite i think what i like about it is it's like the best sort of games where it's not just having you going away and thinking about the characters but it just it stays with you and it's the idea of someone being on their deathbed and being unsatisfied with their life and being able to go back and make their life different, but only in their own head. Mm. And that brings up lots of interesting questions. And also, the game is split up into a couple of acts, and it's, it's nice that to begin with, you're not even doing the memories. It's just a case of they're going, okay, well, we need to work out where this, this desire to go to the moon originated from yeah. in your life so that we can amplify it. So the first half of the game is literally you just gradually going back through his memories. And it's more than anything, it's about this man and his life and he's had a strange life and at points the story is quite sinister and strange and okay. it's just amazing how but does it actually like what is the actual game though well it's I think it was like originally made in um, the RPG maker and mm-hmm. then converted into another system but it looks like a Japanese RPG okay. like a classic SNES style um, really simple graphics yeah. um, but it has none 
of the mechanics. And basically, you can play it with a pad and walk around like a JRPG, or you can point and click. Okay. Um, it's really simple. Like, yeah. there's no difficulty to it whatsoever. But the story's just so engrossing. I was amazed when I finished it. It took me just over three hours to finish, but it felt like so much longer because it felt like right. so much had happened. Mm. I was just like, that was like an incredible story. Yeah. Um, I need to check it out. It's amazing. It's fantastic because you can finish it in an evening. It costs about six quid. And I think it was on sale. It was on sale. Day, I bought yeah. it for about £2.50. Mm. If you see it on sale, definitely get it. But what amazed me most actually is it manages to like actually deal with like lots of quite complicated issues and emotional stuff, but it never, ever feels pretentious. It it never feels yeah. pretentious. Just like just talking about it, it could yeah, absolutely oh, yeah. could be the most pretentious thing. To be honest, ever. the sort of journalists that were writing about it and the sort of websites that were banging on about how it was the most amazing thing ever, mm-hmm. I kind of went into it expecting, thinking, I reckon this is going to be another one of those games where I kind of put my hand up and go yeah, but it's not that good, is it? <laughs> and then have like thousands of indie eyes staring into yeah, my soul yeah. and going, you are evil. Go back uh, to you Call hate. of Duty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go back to Call of Duty, scum. But no, it's it's wonderful. I'd really recommend it. It's just very clever and lovely in a way that I've never really played anything quite like it. Hmm. Um, cool. uh, the same can't be said, actually, for okay, another indie game called Anodyne, which is nice. It's like a Zelda clone. But that kind of tries to do a dark, interesting story. Yeah. But also does these kind of lighthearted jokes as well. And it's funny how I kind of like, I've done an indie face video for Anodyne this week, actually, which is coming out tomorrow. If you haven't seen them, I do like a weekly video where it's like reviewing indie games in a minute. And there's no kind of pretentious faff about you get whether or not indie all over your face. But um, <laughs> it's weird how that just didn't manage to do it. It had this dark story. Yeah. Didn't work. Didn't Whereas mesh. this, it's got like loads of jokes. There's a wonderful point right at the end of To the Moon where it's kind of like quite intense and already like focused on the story. But then the phone rings and the main character is called Neil. And he picks up the phone and someone says, hello, Neil. And he says, hello, Morpheus. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just full of like geeky jokes. But it's, yeah, it's great. Nice. It's I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it out. I've been meaning to. It's one of those yeah, games so. that's kind of like, it's on the list. Yeah. Someone yeah, told yeah. me that you should play it through in one sitting as well. Like, like yeah, I've play it like I, a film. I think, yeah. Actually, you know what? Like, I, I didn't do that. I stopped quite near the end because um, I had to play Dota 2, which is just what I do. Um, I do regret that, actually, because I say, well, I did well up a little bit. I think if I just played it through in one go, it would have really got to me because there's mm. the, the plot is just so many twists and turns and really fascinating stuff. Mm. And it's not like, whoa, boom, I can't believe it. But it's just like it does your perspective on the characters in the world. is yeah. What do you think about Steve? You, you, you're a big fan, I think, are you? Sorry, of... Uh, to the Moon. Of To the Moon. I haven't actually played it, You're but... Not. Uh, no, but oh, I have. You, you scumbag. Yesterday you were like, oh, games like To the Moon, tell a story. Well, I, I haven't, haven't played, played it. I haven't played it, but <laughs> I did used to be... Well, when I was at my other firm, it was such a big kind of thing. This and yeah, okay. yeah, all the guys were like, To the Moon, To the Moon. And I did sit in, like, when it came in. And yeah, Ian Dransfield... Um, uh, yeah, he he was like, "This is amazing." When we were sitting around, it was like, "Yep, yep," like looking at it, going over it. But it reminded me um, of another game um, that we, what we were just talking about. It's called "Every Day the Same Dream." Oh yeah, yeah. And it, that's how that has one of my favourite moments in kind of you know gaming over the. I mean, it came out a while ago, but it starts and it's all monochrome, and you wake up and you're like, "Right, get out of the bed." And it's like go to work, and you meet your wife, and you put your suit on. You put your, and you meet your wife. She's like, you better get to work. And it's all like kind of, you know, corporate drone. It's all like a side scroller. Yeah, yeah. It's no, like challenge. I actually played that to talk about it on um, One Life Left last week, actually. So I played it literally like yeah. this week. It's quite cool. But it has it, it did, well, maybe this is just my personality coming out, but it has had this great <laughs> moment where I got into the office and this, and the guy, your boss says, you're late, get, you know, get to your, get to your desk. You've been in a traffic jam. So I just walked straight past my desk, went out onto the, the kind of terrace and it just says, get on the terrace and jump off. And I was like, yeah, well, get some of the man. I'm my own, you know, boss. You jump off <laughs> and you fall out of the screen and bang, you're back in bed and the day starts again. And I was what? like, what? And I was like, oh, they got me. They got me there, didn't they? Because they knew that is what people would like. Yeah. You're not the boss of me. You don't know me. You, yeah, you do. I did yeah, like that, actually. Do, I must admit, we talked about that game. Like, there's, lots, there's five different ways you can avoid going to work. And you can yeah. do, or avoid doing your job. So it's the idea of like looking for ways not to to escape the rat race. And it's yeah. a free little game you can play online. Actually, it's quite fun. But that was the one I didn't like because I was just like, it's probably because my dad's like a um, 
he's like a career change specialist. And so the idea of it being like, I don't like my job. What are my options? Well, I could kill myself. It's like, <laughs> get, grow a pair, mate. Just get a new job. Like, yeah, but in this game, you can't get a new job. It's call a monster or something. But that's what I mean. I don't like that. I don't like that whole kind of like, it's a, just such a cliche kind of like, oh, rat race, I hate my job. But then I like the way so it, was inver- it was inverted because yeah. uh, lesser games would have just gone, that's the end of the story. Yeah. But that was what I really liked about it. Yeah. That it was like, no you have to actually do something a bit more with your you gotta, existence in this and game. And it absolutely awesome music, actually. Yes, it does. The soundtrack And the, the cow. It's got a great bit of the cow. It's got a good bit of the cow. It just means nothing. What? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Me and Dave are just like, sorry. 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 Yeah. There, there, are cow, there, are cow, there are cows in it. That's a very old joke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... You're Right, we're going to talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one game, and I'm not sure... You, you may need to cut this part, but one game <laughs> that, uh, what are you gonna say? that we haven't been playing... Is Tomb Raider? Oh yeah, oh, yes. no, we can and, we can talk about that. I and guess. yeah, we haven't been playing it because um, of um, of the NDA, and there were some things in there that we didn't agree with. Not sinister at mm-hmm. all, as some people or some conspiracy theories have been saying. Mm. But we can't say what they are because it's a legal document. Yeah. Um, but we just didn't agree with certain things. But having gone back and and met Square Enix. Uh, They've relaxed some of those, yeah. so we'll be able to review it, and our, the review should be up uh, on Monday. Cool. So is that the yeah, I was going to say, actually, yeah. I mean, it's worth mentioning that, because one of the questions, that, uh, was it Fancy Meister asked last week? Well, we'll get to the questions a bit, yeah. but this ties into something, um, a really good question we had last week, and we will go into some depth on that. But basically, I think we, we did report that, obviously, you know, we decided we weren't going to be able to meet the embargo for the Tomb Raider review, mm-hmm. because of the fact that the the restrictions that were being enforced on us, we didn't feel were fair. And um, it's a lot of people going, oh, you know, it's, it's not a conspiracy thing here. It's not really about people saying yeah. we can't do things. I think it's just really important at the moment whether or not you guys follow this stuff at all. But there's a lot of questions about integrity and transparency industry, and we just feel like um, uh, sometimes the relationship that uh, publishers feel they, they should be having with us and the way they, the level of control they think they should have over us, we don't agree with. Um, so it's not a case of us going, oh, the other websites have bent. But at the same time, we are all very passionate about the fact that we do want to retain this absolute sense of transparency. So if anything's off or a bit weird, we will inform you of that. And But sometimes that means the stuff is a bit late. So bear with us. Lara Croft, she's all right. She's just getting, apparently it's just like a really, really violent version of Uncharted. So in the well, meantime, just, just write that on a box and <laughs> <laughs> that'll do. Has anyone else played anything good this week? I played a lot of League of Legends. Oh, League of Legends. Like, like, like you with your Dota, uh, League is, is my game. We were talking very briefly about it uh, just before the podcast about how like you with you, with you and Dota and me yeah. with League, it's one of those games that, I can always go back to. Yeah. Like, even if there's no new games out, some people will be like, oh, I've got no games to play, or there's nothing new coming out, or going back to old games. Like, for me, League is something I, I can play every night, and it's it's like my FIFA, almost. Mm. Like, there are people who play FIFA every night, because a game of football is usually always different. You'll always have something different about it each time you play. And the same thing with League. For me, it's like it's like five-side football, almost. Every game is slightly different. And when you got a good bunch of mates that you play with every night it's it's like it's a social thing it, it's nice for me having that game where i can play for like you know an hour two hours a night let's have a bit of fun and i've always got something to play and it's always fairly new and exciting um i'm the same is, i mean i'm 400 hours into those two now and i do think that these games are a massive threat to publishers we were talking about you know it's a lot of the time publishers are like kind of bringing out all these games trying to get that share of the market mm. I really don't, I'm not interested in 40 quid games that last for 40 hours now. Well, mm. I'm interested in like maybe one or two of them, mm. but a year maybe. I mean, yeah. I, I'm somebody who plays games professionally. It's just, I don't know, the, the whole system now is there are so many games, whether it's like, I think for me it's Dota, with some people it's like Minecraft or yeah. Team Fortress 2. A lot of people now just have their favorite game that yeah. they play mm. and they might d- dip into other stuff, but really they'll always go back this to this game. That game, yeah. And Call of Duty is obviously the, the classic one. A lot of people yeah. just like playing Call of Duty or FIFA. Yeah. And they'll dip into other stuff, but not for long. And I think the analogy is, for me, it's like, it's something that everyone's done at some point in their life, right? Order a takeaway curry and like spent 40 quid and then not being able to eat like two thirds of it. Yeah. And you do that. That's, and how, you think, you, that's how you do takeaways. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> it is, but I don't, correct way. I don't do that anymore because I sort of think, <laughs> well, actually, why would I order a meal that yeah. I'm ne- they're not going to be able to eat? And I kind of feel the same way about spending 40, 50 quid on a game because it's like, I might only nibble it. 
And I might really enjoy nibbling it for three hours, but then I might be like, well, I'm done with that now. Yeah. And so stuff like To The Moon, where it's like, here you are, this lasts three hours, it's three quid. It's like, done. I know I'm going to mm. get my value from that. Yeah. With other games, I'm not so sure. And I've had games that I've been really hyped for and really excited about. I've sat down to play them. And after five hours, I'm just mysteriously not interested anymore. Mm. And I don't know why. I got that with Nino Cooney after about 25 hours. I'm like... Getting towards the end, but I'm just like, I don't want to play anymore. I mean, 25 that. hours. That's 25 hours time. is good, though, actually. Nino Cooney, I still recommend because it's like, if you get to that point and then you're bored, that's all right. You've had, you've had 25 hours of mm. game. But with some games, it's, pretty good. Yeah. it's like, it's not very long. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't know why. You just think, I'm done with that now. Yeah. The thing is, maybe because a lot of games, there's so blatant, so much blatant uh, padding. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Assassin's Creed 3, for me, is, is that game. And, and it's just one of those where I was playing, like, is something going to happen in this game? Or And I, I was very aware that I was playing Prologue. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just want to... I don't want a f- five-hour Prologue. It's a tutorial, five hours. Yeah. Yeah. Just strip that it's shit crazy. or let me skip it. Yeah. You know, And even... <laughs> I would like an option, like Metal Gear Solid 2, for example, which I don't like, as you probably know. But that allowed you to start the game, play the tank section. Yeah, played it before, played it in the demo. Played it, okay, go straight to the actual game. Sure. Oh, brilliant. Done. Thanks. I think that's kind of why I like Spec Ops The Line as much as, or more than I thought I would, because it is a short game. Mm. And I didn't, I mean, there is a little bit of padding because a lot of time you're just shooting dudes, but it was like four hours for me. Like four hours and it's done. It's like, I I don't think it was. Four good hours, though. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I wasn't, I was never, never reached a point where I felt like, oh, this is dragging. But then again, mm. that's a game that was 40 quid. Exactly. That, that's yeah. the flip side to that. It's like, that shouldn't have been... Yeah. I don't think that should have been a full price game. And the I, I bought it when it was on sale, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't have to... You know, I, I didn't feel as bad paying that much money. But having that shorter experience and then being able to do it in one... Play a game in one sitting, having that overall experience, not having it broken up in any way, and then finishing and be like, yeah. I think, I think I from that. a developmental point of view as well, like the... Uh, the ease of pacing and what you can do with the pacing is so much better. Like, imagine if you're a game developer who literally sits down to go, our game is a game that somebody starts playing at half past seven after they've had their tea mm-hmm. and they finish at half ten before they go to bed. And literally being able to map out the pacing of your game like that under the assumption that eight out of ten people are going to play that in one evening. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. The pinpoint accuracy you can have with how that plays as a roller coaster mm. is fab. Well, I can it's see a lot awesome. of episo- episodic stuff, I think, will have a you know, massive boost next gen. Yeah, sure. I think yeah. so. Because, I mean, uh, The Walking Dead's been so successful yeah. Um, that, yeah, everyone was talking about, oh, we need to... Everyone kept going, oh, we've got a champion, The Walking Dead. And it's like, actually, no, we don't. It has been downloaded like two million times. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's actually fine. Right. Yeah. Like, all we, all yeah. we have to do is keep occasionally standing up and going, yep, it's it's still really good. Yeah. Mm. Still still good. Still good. But, yeah, if I, can see, I can see Remedy or someone like that trying... Mm. Trying to break well, in. They were them. a bit early, weren't <laughs> I know they? they exactly, but they I, were now a bit that too it's too early, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, they were ahead of their time. Is it? Well, not that they they did it in a way, but essentially yeah, they but just I stitched mean, their episodes together to make all of Alan Wake. Yeah, but I mean, they weren't very good at it, were they? I mean, it's like episode four of Alan Wake. Alan has lost his torch and his guns <laughs> again. <laughs> it's like, oh no, what's going on? Oh, it's because it's weird and dark and stuff. It was like they just kept using the same premise that because he was in some weird, twisted, dark world, half the time, the weirdest thing that could happen in this psycho-novel reality was he'd lost his torch and his guns. Or, no, he'd lost his guns. Didn't and you fight, like, some possessed Combine Harvester or you something did. in that game? You did. It yeah. was... Oh, I really like Alan Wake. <laughs> I, I know. I <laughs> do. I do. But it is silly. But... It's, a game, it's a game that, like, turns up to a party. Everyone thinks they're so suave and so cool. And then it just starts pissing itself for no reason. It's Garth Marenghi the game. To leave. It is. is. But it is meant to be. Uh, but I think with Alan Wake, what, what happened was is that Alan Wake, let's use the party analogy, right? Alan Wake turned up <laughs> thinking that it was like the coolest guy, or maybe it was a fancy dress party. Okay, right. so Alan Wake turns up in its best Marenghi Stephen King duds. Yeah. Um, kind of thinking, right, I mean, I've got this one nailed. And then someone turned up with a better outfit, and that was Deadly Premonition. And they yeah. went... Oh, you're joking. <laughs> well, no, Deadly Premonition yeah. was like, it's one of those things where you sort of thought, imagine if Deadly Premonition had had the, the production values of I think that Alan Wake. That may it, have ruined it. I think that may have made the best game ever, actually. I don't know. Um, you think, 
I love how I love how rubbish it is. But just imagine <laughs> if the shooting bits, the combat bits in Deadly Premonition, oh, they are weren't awful. And, and that's what it, it would kicks be off on as well. It's it does like the worst part. It's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad, and yet you stick through it because you just want to know what's going on with the story. But now Alan Wake was was like patchy as best. But but what I love about that is the fact that there was a branding deal with Energizer. Yeah, and it yes. is the worst product placement yes. ever because Energizer probably paid money to have their batteries featured in the game yeah. in which keep on running out in which <laughs> a new set of batteries lasts for about 30 seconds <laughs> like it was just like oh my god like you guys are idiots Duracell Bunny is laughing his tats off yeah. like he's having a whale with that drum spinning around <laughs> anyway um, I think it's time because Dave you weren't here last time so we missed your, your fire news cannon but before that you've brought something in haven't you it's a very special treat oh, for us today you've brought in what is potentially the shittiest thing I've ever seen I don't know about the shittiest well, thing. More like the best thing. Yeah, I think it's pretty Okay, awesome. well, let's let's let the listeners decide. Well, a long time ago, before you guys were here, actually, I think, we uh, discussed things that used to scare us as children, mm-hmm. and this was one of those things. Yeah. I'm just going to start this, and you can decide for yourself, like, would this have scared you when you were a child? Bear with me. It scares me now, to be honest. Pieces out. It scares me that you still own it. This might be quite loud, so brace yourselves. Now that, of course, this is the incredible Real Ghostbusters electronic talking game. Bankman going, going. And it's this weird little board game. You would have thought that because it was licensed, they could have got some or any of the actual sounds. It's amazing. so good. It is so good. We won't play it on here. No. Maybe we'll live stream it or something. I'm definitely going to take a picture of it because it's amazing. You show me how it actually plays this morning and it's awesome. Tom kept comparing it to XCOM. It's like, oh, it's a Ghostbusters XCOM in a board game. Like... No, ooh, it's not well, right. going <laughs> left. <laughs> but it is it's some, great. Yeah, and when you get shot, it's like, yeah. and I'm like oh my Like the, the noises and the, the voice acting. I like to think it was just one guy yeah. in one take just yeah. doing them all, like reading them off a piece of paper. It's amazing. <laughs> it doesn't it's look like a production that's had a huge amount of budget behind it, I'll be honest. But the, no. the tech itself is pretty spectacular. For a 1986 production. It mm. looks like a board game equivalent of um, that Luigi's Mansion minigame from the Wii U, yeah. which yeah. is the best thing on the Wii U yeah. still. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So what's been happening? Because obviously we've got, we've got an announcement this afternoon. Well, not an that. It's really annoying, right? Because we're all going to go and see Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. And we're not allowed to tell Are we? <laughs> everybody's said this. Now, honestly, it's got to the point where everybody's said this. Oh well, yeah, it's out there, isn't it? it's out there and it's big in league. We're not we gonna, don't know what it's called. We don't know anything officially. about it. Oh, There's is that been... not the official? Okay. We, we as a company, mm-hmm. don't know what the name of this game might be. Gotcha. But it's, there is, the words Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag have been seen all over the internet. All over the internet, yeah, yes. Quite extensively. Yes. So yeah, please retract my voice um, <laughs> thing I said there. That's just not true. I was temporarily on drugs. This is the, one, this is the wonder of, of NDAs. They often ship NDAs with, with psycho-hallucinogenic drugs, which is obviously it's weird. Really, but Really weird. But I just love drugs, so I just yeah. take them. Is that the um, Tomb Raider thing coming up again? Yeah. No, yeah. it wasn't. Just had full of drugs. To do with drugs. I can say uh, it definitely wasn't. Anyway, basically, it looks like it's heavily, heavily rumoured that um, the new Assassin's Creed game yeah. is going to be piratey. Mm. Aha! Yeah. I hope the new protagonist is more like Itzio because that American fellow was shite. Yeah. What, what's the difference between <laughs> pirates and people from like uh, the West Country? Like they speak the same, don't they? Well, they did when I did that, which is not representative of anything. Maybe the West Country were the pirates. Is that Maybe where they, they originated from? Yeah. Anyway, they sound the same to me all the time. So because they'd have had to have gone that way, wouldn't they? Obviously. To get to the coast. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe. Well, I guess we, we'll talk about the pirates when once we're officially allowed to talk about knowing anything about it. Yeah, when we actually know anything about yeah. it. But we know a few rumors. There originally, rumors. I, I saw that yeah. leaked screenshot that was on. Apparently, allegedly, allegedly, it's a screenshot. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, yeah. on the internet. Um, allegedly, there was a poster. Yeah, this, I heard about that poster. Stuff on it. Yeah. Um, well, let's just say provisionally, hypothetically, yeah. mm-hmm. if Assassin's Creed Four is a game about pirates, yeah, yay or nay. Um, if it's got that boat combat, because I'm going fuck yay. For I'm that. past the point of caring, to be honest. Really? You know what? I'm back on the caring boat. I, I didn't I, care, but now I do. Well, I fell off the boat at Brotherhood. No, after Brotherhood, sorry, because Brotherhood was Brotherhood awesome. was good. Brotherhood was the best. Yeah. Brotherhood had, had me clinging onto a boy yeah. or a buoy, if you're buoy. American. Yeah. And now I'm hopping back you onto get, a new ship. Well, see, I was, I was 
steering the ship right um during brotherhood and then mm. when revelations came along i f- i walked the plank and i fell off that's oh yeah that's Titanic. exactly it yes well, it might have, well, i was like having an iceberg a yeah. whale of a time uh-huh. yeah, good um <laughs> But then things got a bit fishy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it appears to be steering itself towards safer shores. Good. Is that the is so partridge. <laughs> <laughs> that is. This is Radio Norwich. <laughs> but it's a sinking ship now, though, Ooh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. I think they've maybe realised that it needs to be more like Assassin's Creed 2 again. Hopefully they'll just do that. Mm. But with boats, it could be like Wind Waker. Anyway, we'll talk about this yeah. um, when we actually well, know anything the... about it. Uh, what twi- <laughs> I, I said this on Twitter last night. Like mm-hmm. Ubisoft's competition this year, its biggest com- competition might be itself. Because mm. we know Watch Dogs is launching sure. holiday, yeah. whatever that might mean. Assassin's Creed is typically October, November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going like, up yeah. against each other. And, it's weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. they are different though. I they think are, Assassin's Creed still does really well because it does kind of have a market of its own. Yeah. It's one of those weird games mm. where it doesn't really fit into any of the boxes, and that's good for them. It's going to be so. a great few months of open world. It's got GTA in September, oh, yes. and yes. presumably October Assassin's Creed. But I just think, like, I don't know, presumably November for Watch Dogs, Dogs maybe. Yeah. I just think It'd Pirates because yeah. I loved Sid Meier's Pirates, and I love mm. Red Dead Redemption. Mm. Imagine Red Dead Redemption, but in the sea. And like when you yeah. like how it was pitched, you like skinning, right there. Yeah. skinning squids, mm. like just so you can <sighs> swim down to fight them. And yeah, Jules Verne style. Ooh, I yeah. don't, I don't want okay. any of that wow. skinning nonsense. And you I don't want, skinning I animals. don't want that. Leave that to Rockstar. Not yeah. that, not that. Like that makes me squeamish or anything like that. I just, it's just, I it's think a it's bit of crap. Yeah, mechanic. It's all about the though, right? Crap mechanic. No, I, I liked it in Red Dead because it was simple. It was just like. Hey, you can make money by killing wildlife and skinning it. That just makes sense. There's nothing weird about that. Yeah, when it's like, hey, to do. hey, you can make a new quiver for your bow out of a dog's balls. It's just like, really? Like, this <laughs> yeah. is what? The like, problem, I think you're right, Matt, there, uh, Matt Lees. But the problem with the skinning was, is that when you played Assassin's Creed 3 yeah. and you skinned, like, the wildlife, then you sold it. They didn't actually, they didn't actually change... They didn't adjust anything down from inflation. So at the start of <laughs> Connor's section, he's like 14 or whatever. Uh-huh. And he's running around with the equivalent of 49 billion US dollars in his pocket. <laughs> like, he could run the... You know you know those little assassination missions? Don't just run the entire war just, just, yeah. <laughs> out of your hut. Uh, uh, yeah, it's got... You know, you just see the little one in the bottom left. It's like, you've got 3,000 pounds. What? Well, that's why it <laughs> kind of works in GTA. Crap because economics. you always have the sense that your character might just be a bit of a psychopath anyway. Yeah. Especially in GTA 3 or whatever, because he's pretty... Yeah. Didn't say a lot. Yeah. It's like he likes this, this idea of this guy going around with millions of dollars just being a dick. That's like almost like Hotline Miami yeah, yeah, drive, kind of like mm. maybe yeah. just mental. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you just don't care. And that's cool, man. So yeah, the rumors. Mm. Uh, apparently, it's uh, well, apparently allegedly. allegedly we don't know this officially. We will know. Apparently, apparently, we might know later. Yeah. Who knows? Allegedly, we might know just later. Give us yeah. the rumors. Um, set in the Caribbean <laughs> before Assassin's Creed Three. <laughs> Uh, okay. 1715, which is about 50, 60 years will before. Will or will it American not Revision. have a totally tropical taste? <laughs> well, it might, or it might be a um, flavour of Umbongo, maybe. Total grid maybe we're under Umbongo right now. Oh, talking yeah. about yeah. 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 I'm glad that somebody else has started to use the word Umbongo yeah. instead yeah, of Umbongo. I've nabbed it off, yeah. Good, yeah. yeah. good. Um, and apparently, you play as uh, the father of Haytham, Haytham mm. who was the, Haytham spoiler was- alert, was the guy that you play in the prologue. Assassin's Creed 3. Oh, for okay. two days. Um, for two actual real-time days. Yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> real It was a long prologue. <laughs> so that might be quite interesting. His name's Edward, apparently. Yeah. He Ed- was the best character in Assassin's Creed exactly. 3 from what I have said. played of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. What, what other ammunition have you got on the news cannon? Can we have uh, some, some stuff we're actually allowed to talk about? Pactor, uh, Michael Pactor. Pactor. He's been talking again. Has He's he? been saying oh, yeah. stuff He's about, always talking. That's yeah, what he, he loves talking. He's been talking about PlayStation 4 and what we might or might not see on PlayStation 4, which I wanted to get you guys' opinion on. He thinks, like a lot of people, GTA 5 will come out on next-gen consoles as well mm-hmm. yeah why not which seems That's a safe fairly bet. likely yeah why not why not he also thinks that The Last of Us will come out on Playstation 4 as well as Playstation 3 I reckon oh. so yeah do yeah. you yeah I don't think I don't think it will I don't see why not like I think with those games they've spent a lot of money on them like you don't want to miss out on the market if you've got people having a chance that they might pick it up especially because people are already saying oh yeah the PlayStation 4 is so easy to port to just because it's got so much RAM yeah but it's so it's but like, that's the point isn't it it's so totally different from the architecture of PS3 yeah but it's yeah. so powerful uh, for comparatively that it's just like uh, you can fudge it it's Maybe. like you know what they did with Bayonetta where they just basically cobbled it together and sent it out and it went horribly wrong mm. I get the impression with the PlayStation 4 it's so powerful that it'll be alright it's like running a you know a 
SNES emulator on a really fast PC. It's like it doesn't matter how efficient it is. Yeah, then you gotta, like, then you gotta slow it down, slow it slow down. Slow it down. In my head, though, I remember around the time, and I could be making this all up, but for some reason I think it was true. Okay. When PS3 was about to come out, um, <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus was quite a late PS2 game. Yeah. And there were rumours that, oh, that might come to PS3. Of course, it never did. It did. Well, only in an HD... In a beautiful HD. <laughs> but it wasn't like it was built for PS4 Well, it wasn't cross-gen. I think mm. with the um, the architecture problem, I think Microsoft, if they go for essentially, you know, another PC in a box, yeah. they, they'll they be, you know, they'll be in business. They'll be like, right, GTA, well, it depends what Rockstar are doing, but, you know, the architecture will be similar, just better. I know what you're saying with Cell, um, you know, Skynet. Blah blah blah, but yeah. um, the thing is, it's it's basically just the equivalent. Especially, I mean, it's different with seller guess, but I mean, if you wanted to account for that, they could have account for that. Um, but with other stuff, it's like it's just the equivalent of like we've kind of halfway got already now. Like, you get a second disc with HD textures. It's just mm. going to be like that. Mm. But mm. instead of just getting your HD textures that you install, it'll be like yeah, HD textures and the frame rate's improved and the resolution's just better. Yeah, and. It just it's like the equivalent of turning something from DirectX nine, DirectX eleven. It's just like they'll be able to just flick a switch and just be like, yeah, it just looks loads nicer now. It's too better. Like mm. it's too at least too better. All oh, right, I thought you were saying like I thought you were going Luddite mode of going. It's a too. It's oh, right. too nice. Too I don't nice. like it. Right, no. The, the phrase no, no, numerical is just eight two times. Better. These games are yeah. too attractive. <laughs> it's just too real. A man could drown in such luxury. Um, <laughs> But how haven't Rockstar announced a PC version yet for GTA? I, they're just being dicks, aren't they? <laughs> What's they, going on with their PC stuff? Why well, do they hate PC so much? Where was Red Dead? Yeah, but they know where the money is. They, I think the money was yeah. with Red, Red Dead, surely, and that didn't come to PC. Yeah, but they know that they, they need can make to, more money. LA yes, Noir came to PC, which sold less listen, than Red Dead. Firstly, let me just clarify that I do not work for Rockstar. <laughs> um, Sorry. And B. <laughs> Stop having a go at Steve. It's not his fault. Sorry, guys. If you want to fly off to your fantasy lands where Red Dead Redemption is, on PC and you know, you know, bloody LA Noir is is. Oh no, I'm not like going to say that. Seething. I'm not going to say it. He's seething. I'm not rage. going to say it. But um, yeah, it's going to be fine. Can't be an engine thing though, right? Because GTA 4 was the same engine as Red Dead. I wasn't think. It? Or, I think um, mm. the, the Super Furry Animals uh, put it best with their 1990s hit. The man don't give a fuck. Well, um, yeah, I think basically they they they're too too high up on their big chair of money to really care. Um, it's yeah. a shame though, especially after Ice Mod did such amazing things. Red Dead could be incredible oh, on PC. Ice I know. Mod, I know. See and it probably will be at some point. Was, yeah, you know, probably. Somebody will just hack it. That's cray. I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah. That's the definition of cray. That's it for your news this week. Is that? Is that's, that it? That's quite, it. Well, that's, that's fine. It's been a relatively news. quiet week, yeah. other than PS4, which we've already talked at length about mm-hmm. previously. So, yeah. yeah, hot news. Well, that's great. Well, let's uh, let's hop into uh, some of the questions, etc. It was the big one from Fancy Meister that let's, we let's uh, alluded to yeah. earlier. Uh, we, we promised that we'd tackle it. I'm holding this computer at a weird, weird angle. Uh, his question was, why does nobody point out to publishers that review embargoes are simply wrong? <laughs> or is there a genuine reason why they're of service to gamers? Well, I'll kind of tackle this one because full disclosure, I actually used to work um, on the publisher side of stuff. I used to work for a PR agency working on Activision games and I haven't done that now for about three years or so and I got really fed up with it because it's not evil but it's just rubbish in lots of ways and I got the opportunity to do stuff that I actually cared about and leave that whole world behind. But the advantage of that means I can actually talk about how stuff actually works a bit without getting into trouble, which Hot most juice. people can't. And the, the real issue with this is that are embargoes good for gamers? No, no. To be absolutely blunt, they're, they're mm. not good for gamers at all because basically what it all boils down to is publishers want to control their products and they want to control information about their products. And that's why you'll notice that you'll get all of the previews hitting at the same time and all of the advertising at the same time. They just want a big splash, don't they? They want a yeah. splash. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, to an extent, that's fair because they've spent a lot of money making this product. They want it to do the best they can. And so anything they can control to make sure that their product has the best chance of selling, they will do. The problem with that, and a problem that we're increasingly facing, is the fact that part of that is trying to trying to control the media a little bit more than maybe they should. And embargoes are a particular issue with this. Obviously, we had some issues with the, with the Tomb Raider stuff and the fact that we had to sign a thing saying we will not disclose this information. And it, it was kind of, it was overstepping a line. And actually, Square Enix have been quite good about it and they're working out some solutions to that. But generally speaking, it is a case of publishers trying to control stuff. And as we saw, this was in reference directly, I think, to Aliens Colonial Marines. Mm. And my God, no, the, the embargoes were definitely not looking out for anyone. But unfortunately, and this is the issue we face, is that if you want to get access to a game to review it, then you have to sign an NDA. And it's just the way it's done. And it means by accepting the code 
and signing this document, you then are legally not allowed to say anything until that time. In the UK, at least. In the UK, yeah. yeah. It does depend. Obviously, the legal teams are localised, so sometimes the US have different setups. But in the UK, it's just a case if you sign that document and you signed it. And you know what? You know, we've got options with this. And sometimes it's just a case of going, you know what? We want to have our review up as soon as we can. And often that means getting it from publishers. If we are completely unsatisfied with the terms, then we will you know, either say no and work out another solution or we'll just get the game ourselves and review it late. But often there aren't terms at all. It's just a date and a time, you know. Often there aren't terms and that's fine. But even with the date and the time, often it's like if it's the morning of the review, it's tricky because unfortunately we can't get access to the game unless they give it to us. So basically it's just a case of the fact that the relationship between the publishers and journalism always has to be this back and forth and they are the guys at the end of the day who control the access to the games. Mm -hmm. And that that can never change because they're games and it's rubbish. Um, But as I say, the only thing we can ever say with this stuff is what I've always said is that if a game is coming out and you haven't seen the reviews, don't buy it until you've seen the reviews. Because you know what? Like we had some issues to be fair with the Tomb Raider stuff because of the, I think that's more just a crazy draconian legal team more than anything else. Because, you know, a lot of reviews have come out before the game's out and Mm -hmm. the reviews seem to be saying the game's great. And Mm -hmm. so if the game reviews are coming out three or four days before a game's out, that shows that a publisher is confident. They're not scared of reviewers telling you the truth. And so that means you're probably all right. But if a game's coming out tomorrow and there are no reviews online or there's like (laughs) one review online, be very careful. And that one review is 10 out of 10. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think journalists ever do get bought off, but um, it is very common practice for publishers to uh, have review strategies in which they will identify individuals and identify publications that have been very positive about their products or their series in the past. And it's not like they've paid them off. It's just a pace of going, hey, you know what? This guy's an absolute nutter for these games. If we give him the game, he's going to give it a good review. And again, it's just one of those things they want to control the week one review scores Mm. and they can do that without like you don't have to they never actually like bribe anyone that'd be crazy like why would you spend 20 grand on bribing a journalist when you could spend 20 grand on more advertising when that 20 grand on more advertising will sell more games Mm -hmm. it's just economics but uh yeah it's rubbish basically what we're finding a lot when perhaps not a lot that's probably not fair to say but a few times recently there's been where publishers have wanted us to hold out the review for the day one patch yeah they want us to review it based on the day one patch rather than the code that is provided us to before. So when you mm-hmm. see some day one reviews, it's not always a sign of quality. Yeah. I guess it is to a degree because it's related to the patch. But sometimes they just want us... To, there's this final thing. There's this thing where it's it's not necessarily final code even when it is final code. Yeah, yeah. It's no. and day actually, one update code. You do but, also have issues sometimes where you're playing a game pre-release and they're like, oh, there are some problems, but it's being fixed. Mm. And sometimes that's not true. I think basically the situation we're in now, I find very interesting because I've been on both sides of the fence and now it feels to me like there's always been this relationship of trust between uh, the publishers and journalism that's had to be retained uh, and in order for things to work. And it feels like that sense of trust has been eroded over the past couple of years. And an outcome of that actually is, is people having a lack of trust in, in journalists. Which in some regards, because we've not been transparent and and open about every aspect enough, is fair. But at the same time, it's just an interesting time, I think, at the moment. I don't think it's the fact that publishers are being evil. I just think that they've realised they have a huge amount of control and they've kind of started taking the mick a bit with how they use that. And but it's very difficult. It's very difficult for us to step around that. And I think we're doing our best with just being really transparent with you guys. And hopefully you appreciate that. And um, if we don't agree with stuff, then we won't do it. And also we're trying to, you know, a lot of the time publishers just treat you as being part of their hype machine and part of their previews mm. and you know all that stuff. We're trying to avoid that. If you, if you look on video game at the moment, like especially with the video stuff we're doing, we're we're trying to get around that. We're just making cool stuff about things that we think are cool, regardless of whether it's new games. Mm. Um, and I think part of that is just trying to. Escape from the rat race and not let them control our agenda. If you do yeah. like that stuff, then let us know um, because we're, we're trying to do something a bit different and hopefully you guys appreciate that. We can also say that um, with regards to, Dave, what you are saying about day one stuff is mm. that... I didn't word that very well. No, no go on, you clarify <laughs> but, it. But when we get, um, say we get a directive essentially that says, well, I'm sorry, it's not, you know, or sorry, they get a directive from their teams and they say to us, you know, it will be patched. And what we say is, well, I'm sorry, but we have to treat this have as, to it, yeah. as final. And, and we'll say that, you know, th- these issues may be ironed out day one. And, you know, if that's, if that happens, great, then ignore what we're saying but it's best that you know because there, there have been times when when day one patches have come out and uh and, and fixed loads of stuff and mm-hmm. that's happened but there have also been times when they haven't or they've made things worse mm, so yeah. you can't 
you can't hedge on some you know mm. mythical patch that may or may not make things better so that's what that's what we try and say isn't absolutely it? Mm-hmm. and also actually I will say finally is you know a lot of time publishers do come out with some real guff about this stuff about why they can't get games out to us earlier why they're not ready bear in mind games go gold like a month before we even see them like so a lot of the time you just you know take the, always remember that that whenever because the publishers are actually quite dim with that and they have this real celebratory thing of going this game's gone gold and they make it really public that that game is finished and so you know exactly when they finish that game. So mm. if, if then you're reading things about how it's a bit iffy, it's a bit iffy because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's already been printed onto discs. So mm. the day one patch thing is, is a, I think, a nasty excuse and an unfortunate side effect that, of people relying on the internet. And often I think it is an excuse which is used in a way that's a bit dodge. But we won't go into details with that. But, um, mm. but anyway, yeah. It's I an mean, interesting question. Though. It is an interesting question. We've taken up probably more time than needed, but hopefully that covers it. What else have we got? Some new questions uh, this week? We've got one more. PB Live. How important is backwards compatibility, really? Uh, it looks as if Nintendo will have ha- will have had at least 12 months to create an install base. I th- actually, I think this is a separate point. But how, how important is backwards compatibility, really? Um, I think it will it, become more of, important, but not in the way yes. in which you think. Yeah. In, in the old way of you've got a load of discs and then you can put them in a new machine. I think that that is always going to be a problem because of the architecture. Mm -hmm. However, Xbox Live and PlayStation Network are services where you can download stuff from. So now backwards compatibility doesn't mean I can put my disc in another machine. It should mean that I can download from the same ecosystem and play regardless of... (laughs) You just use the word ecosystem. You've been watching too many presentations. Well, you know... I know what you mean. I'm sorry... Stuff. Stuff. <laughs> That's right. There Stuff. 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 Thing. The, the DRM strategy is in it. Well, where, in it. I said in it. In there. it. You DRM. just oh in it. the other end of the spectrum. Wow. He's gone business gone marketing mad. type. You've gone chav. Yeah. You've gone street. <laughs> Jesus. We, we appeal to both audiences. Yeah, really. we do. We get everything at once. <laughs> but that will be a big make or break for a lot of people. You know, I mean, yeah. what... If I've bought a load of stuff on Xbox Live, as you say, Steve, I mean, what's going to, if I can't access that next time around, mm-hmm. then it's an open slate, isn't it? What's going to stop me from jumping onto PS4? I get the impression. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, even the transfer cable stuff is a bit of a finickety yeah. thing. No. I mean, I think it's just a case of you should just be, able to, you just be able to log in and be like, oh, yeah, carry on your games, carry yeah. on save games. Yeah. Like Steam. I want. <laughs> for me like to, Steam. It, yeah. always comes, it always comes back to like Steam. Yeah. <laughs> that's the not, answer. not all Steam games are cloud saves, though. No, that's As true. I found out with Skyrim. That's true. But, um, it's maybe. nice, though. I think, uh, yeah, having that thing, I mean, that's... The problem is that, especially with Xbox Live Arcade, that's kind of been the selling point of it. For me, how I use that is I just tend to go, oh, you know what? I fancy playing some Gunstar Heroes. And I just go, boom, and just start playing some Gunstar mm. Heroes because yeah. I bought it. And that, buying that game is, at this stage, for four quid or something, it's not so much about me buying that game so I can play it. It's about buying the game so I have the ability to play it. I'm and worried, the amount of games yeah. I bought just so I can play it one mm. day. Like, But we're seeing some stuff happening even now. We ran a story a couple of weeks ago with PGR4. They pulled a couple of DLCs for PGR4. Sure. Now, whether you've bought it or not, mm. you can't download that again. Unless it's already on your hard drive, yeah, you yeah. can't access that. Yeah. And you've paid for that. With licensing yeah. stuff, that is weird. <laughs> well, It's mainly for car games and superhero yeah. games. But yeah, that stuff is like... The shelf life of digital downloads is mm. just odd. Mm. Mm. I think people are going to be selling eBay, uh, like eBaying USB sticks with files on them. <laughs> yeah. This it's, is it's a save file. It's a screenshot of the folder structure. <laughs> but I don't know like, what consumer law like, entitles you to. Would you be entitled to a refund for something like that? I'm not well, sure you it? would. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. a very grey area. That... Well, technically, it's sort of theft. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Wasn't there a court mm. case no, in France a license. where someone yeah. returned digitally bought goods? I, I, I'd, have is, to, I'd have to look that up. But. There is a European country that allows you to trade in your your digital yes, goods yeah. or something. I'm sh- I, I, I want think to it say might it was be Germany. Maybe. Poss- mm, I don't but know. It was, yeah, it was somewhere in mainland Europe where there was, it went through like a fairly big court case yeah. where someone did manage to, the court ruled in their favour that they were able to... To resell their, exactly, their digital resell, licenses, yeah. essentially. Which it's, it's a strange... Mm. It is when we enter that digital world. And it's the black and white ownership of it. And that's why I think with the more like subscription model thing mm. might work better. I mean, like with Spotify and stuff, like the amount of times albums just disappear off Spotify, but then come back because they're constantly having all these license agreements. Yeah. And so a lot of time you'll be like typing your favorite artist on Spotify and there'll be nothing there. And mm. you'll be like, but there was everything here. Yeah. But then a month later, it'll be back. And that's kind of like, it's rubbish, but it kind of works because you haven't bought yeah. it. But yeah. if that happens with stuff that you've bought, you're like, what? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's that's the sort of flip side to, to the cloud. It's like if 
because it's all relies on that service, if anything should happen to that service, we, and you've put money into that service and you've digitally mm. bought things in the cloud and that service goes down, it's like, what happens to all that? What happened? Well, I mean, no, <laughs> what, what happened? That's something that I really want to kind of look into more mm. than maybe like a feature or like a video feature about it. Because I was speaking in the pub last night with someone and they were saying, do you remember in the original version of Revenge of Shinobi on Mega Drive when Spider-Man was in it? And they're like, yeah, and Batman <laughs> and the Terminator. Now, I know. So, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And at the mental. start, it says like Spider-Man um, copyright Marvel or, or whoever. Amazing. Now... It doesn't. And then there was Vice City. So when Vice City first came out, it had uh, Billie Jean. Yeah. And that was such a big like selling point. And I think, well, certainly when I first played it, I think that was the when you got in the car. It was the first tune, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Billie Jean's playing like, this is the greatest game. Yeah. In the PSN release, it doesn't have it. So yeah. it is a very interesting well, point. Well, some games, as it we kills it, doesn't it? Like, yeah. It's like Tony Hawk remake, oh, it's not going to have all the tracks. It's exactly. like, well, mm. I'm out. Crazy yeah. Taxi. Crazy Didn't Taxi. Have, um, oh, yeah. God, yeah. Called? Can't remember. Crazy didn't, taxi without the music. Yeah, it's just like bad and it, didn't, yeah. it didn't have the restaurants and all that. Yeah, no KFC, it, no, yeah. it no was horrible. Yeah. It was like it was real. It was like the realization that Kinder eggs are shit. It's just like suddenly you're just <laughs> like, oh my god! I, like when you take away all of the cool stuff, <laughs> Kinder eggs are eighty five p now. What? Eighty five. That's inflation, David. Yeah. Yeah. Well gone wrong. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that manufacturing. We've actually just taken up shed loads of time. We have. Have we got time for another quick fire couple of questions? Oh, quick fire, you say? Yeah. Minty Rebels got a sword with some quick fire questions. Always rely on Minty for quick fire. And you've got two seconds to answer, so no time to deliberate. Okay. Do it quiz style. Point them at people. Dave. Cake or death. Cake. Steve. That's easy. Cake. Who would choose Cake. death? Who would choose death? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's an idea's hard thing. Yeah. Uh, James or Tom? Oh, Dave. God. Oh, these questions are I rubs. can't answer Let's that. Do, are there any good questions? 3DS or Vita? That's a good question. Okay. Oh. Vita, because it's got an amazing version of FIFA on it. 3DS only because there's a new Castlevania for it and a new Fire Emblem. Oh. And that's like, makes me, makes me warm in my chops. <laughs> that's Dave. a tough one. I think. Two seconds. I'm going to go 3DS, I All think. Right. Uh, COD or Battlefield? Dave? Battlefield. Steve? Battlefield now. Battlefield. Battlefield it is. And on that bombshell, yeah. I think that's mm. enough we've got time for this week. Thank you very much for joining us once again on the Video Gaming UK podcast. If you have enjoyed it, then give us a review on iTunes. We got. Look, thank you for tuning in if you're a new listener. Mm-hmm. We've got quite a few new listeners from them. The Daft PS4 stuff I did last week. But uh, if you are a new listener and you like it, then do give us a little review on the iTunes. And send us questions as well. We do questions every week. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, which is videogamer.com. Mm-hmm. That's the one. It's in videogamer.com without the dot. Without mm-hmm. the dot. Uh, we're also on Facebook and we're everywhere. We're on, on the, the internet. Forum. Get on the forum. Yeah, yeah. get involved. Videogamer.com, get on the forums. There's some nice people there. Right, Minty Rebel, he'll be there. Yeah, Minty Rebel will be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we do loads of video stuff as well, so check out the website. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time. My name is Matt Lees. I've been joined by Matt Nellis. Oh, bye-bye. Dave Scammell. <laughs> bye. And Steve Burns. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading something. <laughs>